Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunzinger, at Thunder Chats, where you're part of the B-Lead Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, uh, lost my train of thought completely, but I'm back. We're good. Okay. This is still the offseason. Uh, FIBA has kicked off. We have a few games had, to talk about. Dylan had, Dylan had to reboot real quick. I literally I lagged. I lagged for a hot second. Control all delete. Um, control all delete. Absolutely, yeah. Start open task manager. Um, but you know, we uh we we've tried to be consistent over this past year of doing at least two episodes a week. And so we're we're carrying on. We're gonna bring you guys some content, and there was something that came out today we're gonna talk about. But as you heard in the background, I am joined by currently event in the ceiling. Uh, the one, the only Alex Roy. What up, Alex? What up, man? What up? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was dozing off a little bit before the pod started. And uh, hey, at least yeah. at least I'm not a Stephen Dolan pod. At least you don't have to put a put an alarm clock in and wait. You know, <laughs> wait for me to come on at twelve o'clock at night. I did set an alarm though, because I start feeling the, I started feeling the sleepies at like nine fifteen. And I was like, I'm just going to set an alarm just in case because I'm not going to be that guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hey, we're here. Um, it's a, it's always a good time to be on the pod. Um, you know, we had to do it today because tomorrow is my wife Chelsea's birthday. Um, hey, happy just birthday, want, Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're just member, wanting, member of the Topic Fandom Podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, illustrious co-host of the Top of Fandom <laughs> podcast, and she has appeared on the uh, Top of Thunder podcast a few times. Yeah, now, yeah, so. yeah. Family um, feud. Yeah, absolutely. And many, many cameos in the background of her hiccuping or coughing or laughing or watching TikTok. So, uh, or being mad at you. That happens too. So, uh, shout out Chelsea. Uh, happy birthday. Love you a long time. And uh, also shout out to my guy Mateo Gallardo. Um, listener of the show, who, friend on Twitter, who if you know if we if you know if you blink and and don't watch out, he's going to diet himself out of existence. Like the, <laughs> the guy keeps on losing weight. So, shout out Mateo, keep living that healthy lifestyle. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple buddies that have been dieting here recently, and anytime like I see a photo of them, I'm like, where's the rest of you? So. 
that, that, that's right there with Mateo too. But now the the shout out I wanted to give to Mateo also a special shout out because um, you know as you guys know I've talked about it on the pod maybe not as like candidly on the pod but you know if um, if you've seen on my Twitter I've talked about it a little bit like my life's been kind of crazy these past like couple months just with everything with Nova and work and uh, everything going on. Uh, you know, with the Thunder, everything not going on with the Thunder scheduling guests, like just just like all calamity. And like this past couple of weeks, literally Murphy's Law, like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Like I'm still I still don't have air conditioning in my house. I have many Ooh. air units now, but like you know, it's 78 degrees in my house right now still. So, um, yeah, that's that, that was like. That was the start of my breaking point. I hit my breaking point last week. But anyway, we're back now. We're good. But super scatterbrain. My brain's been fried. I I had so many plans for Chelsea's birthday. We're still going to do those plans. But, like, literally, I had this idea this morning. Um, Alex, have you seen New Girl, the TV show? Um, I mean, my knowledge of New Girl is just, it's very sparse. I mean, I, I... You got to tap into Sorry. that. Hey, uh, let me just say, if you have not watched New Girl, definitely tap into that. It's super quality television. Uh, All I know is that was, it, was a, it was a comedy on Fox at one time. Yes. Great rewatchability as well. Great cast. Like, it, it's awesome. But there's this scene that Schmidt Who is, who is at, it with? The, the Deschanel? Zoe, Zoe Deschanel, Deschanel. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's a scene where Zoe Deschanel's character, Jess, and Schmidt are, you know, sitting there and schmidt like it's about to be his birthday and you know his his whole life he's been like this crazy party guy and he's starting to realize you know he's growing up but he's he wants to stay cool or whatever so it gets to his birthday he's like yeah this is it it's officially my birthday i'm 29 and he, he says he, he puts his hand where he goes 29 and <laughs> chelsea's turning 29 and you know that's what she's been mm. doing like for the past like two months, just like joking around. It's really funny because the kids have gotten in on it. Slade and AJ are both just going around the house going 29. And so this, this morning I just thought out of nowhere, I was like, Hey, I would love to, you know, get a, get a picture of, you know, Schmidt doing the 29 for her birthday. I think it'd be funny. And I think she'd really enjoy it. And I hit up Mateo. I was like, dude, super last minute. Tell me no, if it can't happen. Um, but you know, this is what I want, and it, you know, it would be awesome for my wife's birthday. If it can't happen, completely understand. My brain was just fried, mm-hmm. super last minute, and he was like, "No, I got you. I knocked something out." And like literally, I think like two and a half, three hours later, he sent me literally the perfect rendering. Like, I, I have the picture, like you know, I have the digital file. I, I printed it out, but I'll probably I'll post it on the socials. Like it's 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 signature Mateo style. But like it's so perfect, the colors pop perfectly. Chelsea loved it. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I told him like, you know, I'll pay you for this. Obviously, you know, last second, and you know, whenever he sent it, I was super excited. And I said, you know, what I owe you for it is like, dude, just give me a shout out on top of thunder. So hey, Mateo, hey. shout out, to thunder. you saved the day for me. Uh, the wife loved it, and you know, you're a value, you're a valued listener and a valued member of Thunder Twitter or Thunder X out there so uh hey keep doing you man keep grinding and you are awesome i will say this it's a very beautiful gesture this happens to make the creation of a fourth child in your family you need to name him mateo 
Moving on. <laughs> hey, just like you, man, whenever somebody brings up a fifth kid, by nah, like we're, we're done. <laughs> hey, I already got my fourth. Well, hey, especially after everything with Nova, like we're not even going to try. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, I got four girls. You just need to get the fourth boy. Let's balance this. You know, everything is balanced, you know, just like Than- uh, Thanos said. Yeah, you get a WNBA team, I get an NBA team. That, that's there it. you go. Um, but, hey, man, there is some stuff going on, not specifically Thunder, but Thunder adjacent. FIBA play has started to kick off. The friendly matches have started to kick off. And um, we'll talk about that in the single large item, but I do want to point out something that happened today, actually, in Spain and Slovenia's friendly matchup. Uzman Garuba, uh, I think he had an ankle injury early in the contest. Um, you know, nothing serious. His head coach came out and said it's nothing extremely serious, but – you know, it might limit his – he might be done in the friendlies and they'd be holding him to a group play. I don't know. They might be cautious and hold him out, you know, the entire time. Uh, it, it's hard to see say, but, you know, definitely hoping for a speedy recovery from Ruth Mangaruba because uh, I, you know, as we've talked about, I think he has a legitimate shot at making the roster. Hey, like we said in the last podcast, for some players it's like dominance and health, but – even though health is the second one, we still want them to stay healthy throughout this tournament. So, you know, hopefully it's just a it's just a, a small tweak and they're just being cautious. And, you know, hopefully when the when the games start to matter, when is it, July 25th when the tournament starts? I mean, August 25th? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so whenever the games start to matter, hopefully he'll be recovered enough and, you know, completely healthy to go ahead and play. Yeah, and, and what's funny is whenever you and Tierney did the whole dominance and health and health and dominance thing, you uh-huh. guys – you guys did dominance for the friend roster guys and health for like the franchise guys. And then I, when you know, I mean, am, I, right now, am, I, am I wrong for that? I mean, I mean, maybe just health both ways, man, just health and dominance. Let's just make it health and dominance from now on. It's not, but I mean, it's not like I put health at like, yeah, I didn't put dominance at like the hundred level and then health at the 20 level. Like, you know, give me a little bit of both. Give me, give me, give me a, a midpoint for both of them, and we'll roll with that. Like, I want all our guys to stay healthy, man. He said, "And not then, guys. Come on now." <laughs> um, but yeah, and also, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was actually—I don't know—rejected. Yeah, did you see this? Yeah, uh, he, yeah. he's competing in the Miami Pro Am League with uh, Bam Adebayo and Tower Heroes. Also there, he's actually on Bam's team. But uh, Tower Hero in sweatpants, mind you. <laughs> like, yeah. Just absolute, like, disrespectful energy, uh, you know, playing in a pro-am in sweatpants. <laughs> but from what I've seen, he's been dominating. But, you know, Jay already got to the point where he was about to dunk the basketball. And Tower Hero flew from across the floor and swatted his crap away. And, yeah. you know, obviously, like, you can't take away a lot of stuff from, like, one play in a pro-am. But, like, that's a mindset thing, man. Like, you just let a guard punk you like that. Oh, I know, man. That was like a – you know, that was like one of those one of those plays, like, in the dog days of summer where, like, ESPN is looking for a top ten play. Like, they'll put that at number eight, you know, just because yeah, there's be nothing there. else on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll put that there. Like, it was it – was, I love the tweet. I forgot who it was that put it on, you know, on that, on that thread that said uh, – so Usman, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, <laughs> Doctor Clam. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So that's 
That, that's why I wanted to say it after that because you know these are two guys that could be potentially competing for the for you know mm-hmm. the final roster spot, um, especially you know as you know everybody wants another big man or pseudo big man, so something to look it out for. But hey, let's get into our single large item because Team Canada played their first game against Team Germany and they lost. Uh, I believe it was like what, like a four or five point loss. In in the end, it was yes. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's one of those games where, like, you know, I remember there were a couple games this season where the Thunder, you know, lost by, you know, the the Thunder whenever they didn't have, like, you know, those portions in the season where they didn't have SGA and maybe they didn't have Giddy for a game. um, And they would lose by, like, 10, but it was close throughout. It's just that the other team's talent took over at the end. It it felt like one of those games. It felt like a game where it was only a five-point loss, but, like, honestly – that did not feel like a five-point loss. So that felt like a 12, 13, 14-point loss. Yeah, because, I mean, dude, like, let's, let's call it what it is. Team Germany came to play. Like, you know, they yeah, are – I mean, they were playing at home. Yeah, well, not only that, but, like, they're they're a seasoned team. Like, they're a veteran team, like, in FIBA competition. Like, Canada, like, yeah, they've got a lot of, like, established NBA players, but they're relatively new to, like, you know, the international stage. But, like, FIBA, like, you know, Dennis Schroeder – both of the Wagner uh, brothers and Franz and Mo, uh, Daniel Tice. Um, yeah. I mean, there was somebody else too. I can't even. Well, uh, they got uh, Isop Bonga, you know, who played a couple yeah, of Bonga. Games. Yeah, and he did Bonga. really good in that game. Mm-hmm. And he was balling out, you know, last time they had uh, international competition too. So, like, they have all these established veterans that have, have experience playing together. Like, they know how to play off each other and, you know, mm-hmm. they run legitimate sets it's not a lot of iso or anything like that um there's a lot of you know drive and kick like steady ball movement um like you know they they run like a well oiled machine and i think that canada kind of came out shell-shocked honestly and yeah. was not ready for the buzzsaw that germany put them in I, I feel like at one point early in the game wasn't it close to 20 points that germany was up yeah like in the second quarter third quarter like beginning of third quarter around that time like I know mm-hmm. in the beginning of the, I know in the beginning of the third quarter Canada went on a run, um, but then, you know Germany kind of, kind of held that uh you know fought the wave and put it back up to about 12, 13, 14 points, and it kind of stayed that way until like the middle of the fourth quarter, and then in the middle of the fourth quarter, you know Canada kind of made their run, but it was just a you know just too little, too late. Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, you know. I guess oh, let's do a single large item. I mean, Alex, what what was your single large item from this game? Um, so my single large item is that I mean, really, I mean, Dylan Brooks over Lou Dort, like it's wild. It, it was wild, man. Like like Dylan Brooks was just out there just shooting threes and and breaking half, you know, most of them. And like you know, Lou Dort, and I know he, I know Lou can have those types of games too. Mm-hmm. But Lou Dort in this game was very efficient. Um, you know, he played defense really good. He was part of the, he's part of the squad that kind of brought uh, Canada back in the fourth quarter. Um, and it just, you know, that, 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 whenever I saw that in the starting lineup, I was like, come on, man, really? Um, but, you know, I guess the man that's making 20 million trumps the man that's making 15. So. Yeah, man. You know, like you said, like Lou Dort was a catalyst in this game. He actually yeah, ended up he was. closing the game, um, you know, Obviously, it, it didn't work out at the end, but like you know, played great defense throughout. I think he ended up three steals in this contest. Um, you know, just doing a great job staying in front of his man, playing physical defense, knocked down a few threes. 
um, have one that was like, you know, just like a dribble pull up from way beyond the arc. And he drained it. He had a hammer. He had a hammer too. Yeah, he had a really nice dunk. Um, I mean, he he was kind of everywhere. He was the leading scorer for Canada, I believe, with 14 points. So, uh, yeah, Lugan Stork absolutely killed it in in that performance. And I know, I mean, it's hard to take anything away from one game. It's hard to take away – it's hard to take away something, especially from a friendly match. But, yeah, man, like, I just like I test alone, like, Lou Dor deserves to be in that starting lineup over Dylan Brooks. Um, just because, I mean, yeah. everything that Dylan Brooks is supposed to bring to that team, Lou Dor did and more. So, I'm right I mean, just because, you know, just because, you know, now he plays for the Rockets and we hate the Rockets. So. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't like Dylan Brooks before. He spells his name <laughs> wrong, know. too. Like, I mean, another chalk against him. <laughs> Just gotta throw that. Oh, out there, so. the D, the Di Dylans, we hate them. Uh sadly, sadly, I do. Um, shout out Dylan Fain, uh, who is a Thunder fan and also a Duke fan, and spells his name wrong. So shout out to you. <laughs> um, and shout out Dylan Robertson, who spells his name correctly. Uh, anyways, moving on. My single large item is and shout out, shout out Dylon and Dylon and Dylon and Dylon and Dylon. Yes, yes, all five of us. We we're. We're rivaling the Jackson Five, um, but no, uh, my single large item. You know, I mean, if we're talking just Thunder basketball, like is Shea. You know, he didn't have a great game in terms of scoring or efficiency. Mm-hmm. Ended up with eight points. I could tell you how he got every single one of them. Uh, there was one he had a uh, post up fadeaway from the baseline over Dennis Schroeder. Uh, there was one he got off of a cut from Kelly Olynyk. And the other four points were from free throws. And that was the extent of Shea scoring for the day. And, yeah, you know, he, the, he looked frustrated out there. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that sucked for Shea, and it's ironic because he played all this time in OKC with such limited spacing. And now it looks like he's going to have like solid spacing this year. You know, you got Isaiah Joe, Chet Holmgren at the big position. Dub, you know, showed that he's a more than capable shooter. Misich mm-hmm. coming off the bench, Kaysen coming off the bench. Like, it looks like he's going to have the most spacing that he's had his career in the NBA. And then you go to Canada, and you've got Jamal Murray not playing. Um, you've got Trey Lyles not playing. And it, it really he comes got Dylan, down. He got Dylan Brooks right next to you. You got Dylan Brooks out there. You got R.J. Barrett out RJ there. Yeah. You got freaking Dwight Powell out there. Like, your spacing in the starting lineup is Kelly Olynyk. And Kelly Olynyk's a great shooter, but you know he's that. That's one guy that you know you have to pay attention to. And I think you know even like going throughout the roster of the players that played for Team Canada, Nikhil Alexander Walker was the only other player that like I would fear as a shooter mm-hmm. on that team. And you know we've seen, you know it's it's hard whenever Shea doesn't have spacing. It's hard for him to get to the rim. That's when he thrives. That's how he gets in rhythm. And, you know, not only that, it felt like they were allowing Germany to play a little bit more physical with Shea than, uh, you know, maybe, you know, he would play in the league. Uh, you know, and our teams would play him in the league. At least, you know, if they played him that physical in the league, he's getting calls, he's getting to the line more often, you know, and leading to more efficiency. But, yeah, I, I think the, the spacing definitely hurt them. Um, definitely hurt Shea specifically. Multiple times there was like two, three guys in his face. You know, completely walled off the rim, and that's something that they're going to have to address if you know they want to live up to these expectations that 
um, you know, all these, uh, you know, media people and Thunder fans and podcast hosts and all these talking heads have, you know, laid on Team Canada. Um, but yeah, I do think that, you know, obviously, like I said, Jamal Murray is out right now. Trey Wiles is out right now. Uh, Zach Eady is not going to provide spacing, but, you know, he's another big out there um, that will help, you know, Team Canada in terms of like their depth situation because they were playing the scrubs. Like they were playing Jay Scrub and Thomas Scrub. And, uh, you know, like no pun intended, like no, no shade on their name or anything like that. But I, I don't think Team Canada is going to succeed playing the scrubs and, in in, you know, international play. So Trey Lyle, Zach Eady will give them, you know, positional depth. And Jamal Murray just having his shooting out there. Like this is a guy that has thrived playing off ball Nikola Jokic. You know, I, I mentioned in the last pod that I'm interested to see how Jamal Murray plays without Jokic. And I think for that to work, I, I think that he's going to, you know, kind of play off of Shea. And I think that if he can be, I think he can be, you know, that four, four spacer for Shea. I think that, like, ideally, if you're looking at a starting lineup for Team Canada, Jamal Murray at Shea, I guess R.J. Barrett's out there, and then Kelly Olenek, and sadly <laughs> – Sadly, Dwight Powell, um, because he provides very little. But if you have Jamal Murray and Kelly Olenek out there, you know, that's two four spacers on the floor as opposed to, you know, just one. And Jamal Murray is a legitimate four spacer. He's a guy that, you know, has literally made a living off of, you know, you know uh, spacing the floor and knocking down three-point shots um, for shots that were created for him. So uh, I definitely think Jamal Murray will help. Um, it was disappointing to see Shea struggle because, you know, also there's like this whole conversation now about, you know, Shea won first team all NBA last year. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm stammering a little bit. Alex had to step away for a second. I'm trying to keep going, but um, Shea won first team all NBA last year. And, you know, he was kind of the underdog going into the season. He got the all-star. He got the first team all NBA. He was one of the leading scorers in the league. Uh, he hit multiple clutch shots. He was self-proclaimed him. He had the Instagram captions. He went off in that first playing game. And, you know, he came back on the floor in the second playing game after Rudy Gobert gave him the people's elbow and had his eyeball swollen shut. And so, like, all these things were trending in the right direction for, like, Shea being a very likable player, for Shea being a player that, you know, the casual fan and, like, you know, rival teams fan bases would, like, you know, really rally behind and, you know, support and enjoy watching play basketball. It's not the case though, because now Shea's starting to have to enter his villain arc because once you enter that echelon of superstardom in the NBA, people start picking your game apart. People start hating. And let me tell you, after one bad game of FIBA play in a friendly match, without a complete roster against one of the most veteran rosters in all of FIBA, you know, in the whole FIBA competition, everybody was just picking Shea apart on the timeline. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like it's a, it's a gift and a curse, you know, making it to, to first team all NBA. Um, and so now the expectation is you play like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And even in, in, you know, international play like you have to be that guy like you have to be 
you know, what Luca has shown, you have to be what um, what Laurie Marketing shown last year um, before the season started. Um, and so you have to be that guy. And so there is that added pressure. There is that added, and it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. This is a good thing. This is a good thing to kind of um, to, to get him prepared for the pressures that he's going to face next season. Because, again, this is not going to stop. You already won first team All-NBA. You already got to on that first team. Now the expectation is that you're going to go ahead and continue that level of play throughout your career. You know, and if you don't, then you are going to get jeers. You are going to get, you know, you are going to get people on Twitter saying that, oh, you know, this might be the worst first team NBA that we've ever seen and this, this, and that. So it's good that he's facing that now because this is what he's going to have to expect coming into the season. Yeah, and you have seen Shea, like, thrive in international play. Like, you know, not last year, mm. but the year before whenever he was playing in FIBA, uh, in FIBA play. Or maybe it was last year. I it was remember. last year. It was last year, okay, yeah. Yeah, because he came in – remember he came into the season with the sprained MCL, I think, that he suffered in, in FIBA play. Right, Or yeah. in practice with Canada. Yeah, well, he was dominating in FIBA last year. Like, I think he – I think he played two games and he averaged, like, 32 points per game – Stupid efficiency was knocking down three points everywhere. Uh, and, you know, something that, you know, I saw then, and even I saw, you know, in this matchup, like he's getting after defensively. Like he's he's still a pest. Like, you know, we've seen over the past couple of weeks, you know, like stats on Twitter and stuff like that about how Shea was one of the best off-ball defenders in the league in terms yeah. of, you know, like you know, just absolutely destroying passing lanes. Like getting deflections, getting loose balls, poking – uh, poking balls loose on the drives, you know, blocking shots from the weak side. Like Shea has really evolved into a above average and if not elite, like off ball defender. And, you know, you're kind of seeing a little bit of that in, in FIBA play as well, even, you know, through struggling. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, they, by the time you listen to this, they will have, they will be playing on August 12th on Saturday. Um, so, mm -hmm. They'll be playing August 12th and they'll be playing August 13th. And that is it for uh, their Germany play. And just want to, you know, just quickly, if you guys are struggling to watch the game, I know there was a lot of issues um, in the game on, uh, what was it, Wednesday, I think? Um, yeah, well, Yeah, I know there's a lot of issues on that. You can go to Magenta Sport and watch that if you are in Europe and watch it for free with whatever your cable package is. If you're in the United States, you will need a VPN in order to watch that. Um, you know, just change your VPN to Germany and, you know, same thing applies um, and you'll be able to watch that. There are some random streaming sites that you can, you know, potentially find. I had a few sent to me that I was actually watching because I was driving and I couldn't do the, uh, the thing where you swipe up and the video player is still in the corner with Magenta Sports. That's the one thing I hate about that yeah. site. Like you can't go full screen and you can't close out the screen. Um, so I was actually using that. So there's other avenues as well, but yeah, definitely tap in, watch Shay, watch door, watch team Canada. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, watch the rest of FIBA play. Like, you know, there's, it's funny because like I said, last year when he played, I think they played two games and now we're getting five games of friendlies before the actual competition mm -hmm. starts. So like we can, and the competition, it's, it's a four, it's a four game competition, right? Each team has to play four games. Yeah. And then from there, okay. you know, you, you see like where you qualify and, you know, potentially play more for like the gold medal games and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, around 10 games of Shea, Dort, Giddy, uh, Uzma Garuba, potentially. Oh, Jack White, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to forget you. And I will not ever again forget Davis Bertans. The Latvian laser. The Latvian pew, pew, pew. laser. So, yeah, um, FIBA play, man. It's, it's fun. It's different. Yeah, the other thing that's affecting Shea, I think, and I, I meant to mention this, no defensive three seconds in FIBA. Yeah, so they just camp out. Like, you know, you you hear the term, like, form a wall in the paint for guys like Zion and Giannis and now Shea. Uh, well, you can literally do that in FIBA now. And, like, that wall will be unmoving and it is not a penalty. Oh, so, yeah, but, I mean, there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that are there's there's nuances that are different between the two games. One of the things that I think Shea maybe has to do is instead of tr- like driving in all the way, is maybe just doing a pull up, um, mm-hmm. and maybe just you know staying in that that twelve to fifteen range um, and just shooting it from there. Um, and then once that you know once you hit a couple of those, it starts to open things up a little bit. You know, he's done that. He did that all of last season. Yeah, when defenses, you know, yeah, exactly. When defense tried to wall wall him off, he would you know, do the mid-range game, open that up, and then that opened up the drives to the basket. I expect I expect a good game from him coming up next. Absolutely. He's not – it's not like him to string together bad performances. So, bounce yeah. back game for Shea. Uh, what will be fun to watch is it's also not necessarily like Lou Dort to string together good performances. So, hopefully another good game from Lou Dort. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that'll wrap up FIBA play. Uh, we do have something else to talk about, and we will talk about that on the other end of this. God, that's not how you say it. The other side of this break. I mean, it's, breaks have ends, I guess. So on the other end of the break. Yeah, I guess you could do that. The other side, the other end. Either <laughs> way, we'll figure it out. And we're back uh, from the end side edge of that break corner of that break um yeah so alex today sham sharanya dropped a bomb and released the christmas day schedule uh, like there he, wasn't there was not any teasing at all like he just dropped that just out of nowhere yeah he was just like nba's christmas day games for 23 24 season sources tell athletic stadium and they are the bucks at knicks 76ers at heat Celtics at Lakers, Mavericks at Suns, and Thunder at Sp- – I'm just kidding. Warriors at Nuggets. The Thunder <laughs> are still not in Christmas Day consideration. Um, I guess, you know, they they want to see it before they put it out there. But I, I got to say, man, like, mm-hmm. Chet versus Wimby on Christmas Day, like that, people would have tuned in for that. Maybe, maybe not. Like, I, I get it. You know, the the – it's Wemby, you know, and people want to watch Wemby. But let's say, you know, the Spurs, you know, you usually play about 30 games before Christmas. You know, the Spurs are going to are – they're not going to be great. The Spurs are not going to be very good. And let's say the Spurs, you know, they struggle a little bit at the gate. You know, maybe Wemby struggles a little bit at the gate. And let's say the Spurs are, what, 7-23, and 9-21. and 21. That is fair. Doesn't make yeah, it doesn't make for for a great game, especially if the Thunder. Let's say the Thunder are on the opposite end of that spectrum, and they're doing real good, and they're like twenty one and, and nine, um, and so yeah, that that has has the potential to be kind of a lame game. I don't want the Thunder involved in a lame game. That's fair. Well, there is another opponent that I would have liked to see 
uh, and that is uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I yeah, think are cool. slowly I, – I think they have rivalry potential for the Oklahoma City Thunder because – you have the Shea Anthony Edwards angle. Like, you know, people are already like, you know, starting to compare them, even though their games are completely mm-hmm. different. Um, you have the, um, you know, obviously the uh, the playing game that just happened and how everybody, and, and even the regular season matchups, and everybody just wants to talk about how the Minnesota Timberwolves have the Oklahoma City Thunders number, even though we didn't have Chet Holmgren, even though we didn't have Kendrick Williams, you know. That's besides the point. Like, I, I think there could be a legitimate rivalry brewing, and there already is, you know, for as much as there can be for divisions. Like, you know, they are in the Northwest Division with the Oklahoma City Thunder, so I guess they can still be a divisional mm-hmm. rival. But like, I, I, I can sense bad blood whenever they play together. Honestly, well, and not just that. Like, you also have the narrative of like, you know, now media members can be like. Whenever Chet becomes a, a free agent, is he going to go to Minnesota to play yeah. at home? Okay. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with what you say. Like, I mean, as far as a rival, I think they'd be pretty good. I think New Orleans would be pretty good, you know. You know, the other playing game, but in that playing game, you know, you had the, 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 the little situation with Josh Richardson and then Josh Giddy, where they got into a little tussle because he swiped at his, uh, at his um, Aussie Nuggets. At his Kiwis. Um, that is Kiwis. Um, but, yeah, man, like, I, I just think a lot of these younger teams that are coming up, even like Memphis, you know, we've always had pretty close games mm-hmm. with Memphis, and then we always have that whole, like, oh, Memphis beat us by, like, 20, you know, 73 points a couple of years ago, you know, that type of stuff. So I think all those games would have been pretty good. I think the NBA wants to stay away from Jaw for a little bit until he rehabs his image, if he rehabs his image. I don't think he'd even be back for um, that so, Christmas Day game, would he? 25 games in, I think he probably would. Um, but it, like, was, it'll be little, I thought he was be like, games. I thought it was 25. Uh, Let me see. I can look that up. Do it's it. It's phenomenal podcasting is what it is. 25 games, baby. All right. Well, hey, score one for Alex. Kicking butt. But so, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be, it, it would have been cool to have a game like that. Um, but you know what? Honestly, I wanna I want us to test the waters a little bit for one year. You know, give give us a couple games. I'm not saying you know maybe a an MLK game. You know, give me a you know give me a a, a Saturday. You know, late season Lakers game. Give me something like that, and I'll, I'll be satisfied. You know, give me about ten. Give me about five games this season of national TV pro- coverage, and I'll be great with that. Well, let's talk about that. So, like. You know, obviously, you know, I, I put this tweet out and I was asking Thunder fans as well, um, or I guess I put this Z out or this post out, whatever they're calling it now. Um, but I was asking Thunder fans, you know, how many national TV games you could see the Thunder having this year? Because, you know, last year before Chet got injured, we had one scheduled and it mm-hmm. was Chet. Oh, yeah, it wasn't Chet. It was the Thunder Paolo. versus the Magic, and yeah. it was Chet and Paolo, the matchup. It was very early on in the season. I think it was November 1st. It was going to be TNT. Like, it, it was going to be a real big ordeal. And then, of course, Chet gets injured, and they flex that away. And, you know, eventually we got flexed back into national television. Uh, Miami, Miami game. game, absolutely terrible. <laughs> the, late, the Lakers game. What's funny is that that Heat game was like close, like it was a good game, but man, it was a tough watch. What would they hit like forty out of forty free throws? 
Yeah, 40 out of 40. Yeah, that was, a, that was a hell of a tough watch, man. That was one of those games where, like, like you have to be a fan of those teams to watch those games. Like, the the, the lay NBA fan would have been like, this is, this is slow. This is boring. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, Shea had a good game in that game, but I think everybody else kind of struggled to find a rhythm. I think specifically Dub – uh, foul Jimmy late in the game. Jimmy, you know, getting him on the free th- on the pump fake to send him to the line. I think that was like a really crucial moment, you know, to put them ahead by one or two. Um, you know, just kind of rookie mistake. But we also got flexed into the biggest game, which was the Lakers and the TNT. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron breaking the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. Um, but the Thunder showed out. Like they dominated that game. Shea was dominant. Giddy was dominant. Dub was dominant. Freaking Boom was dominant. He had, uh, what was it, 16, 6, and 6 in that yeah. game? Like, I mean, everybody was dominating. But, you know, like I said, we started off the season with one. We ended up getting flexed into two. So, Alex, I'm going to ask you, man, uh, with Chet coming back, drafting Case and Wallace, Shea being an all NBA player, Dub being the runner up for rookie of the year. Giddy being a most improved player possible candidate, where do you see the Oklahoma City Thunder um, in terms of how many games they have on national television this year on schedule release? So I do want to qualify to to us what a national TV game means. It Not means NBA TV. ESPN, <laughs> exactly. ESPN, TNT, ABC, those mm-hmm. channels are the ones that are to us national TV. Like, yes, you know, they play a couple of games on NBA TV, but you have to literally have NBA TV to watch those games. Um, and so as far as the national market, the national TV things, I think we get, I think we get five. Yeah. Yeah, I went with four to six. So five, five is right there in the middle. Right man. in the middle, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it makes sense, you know, because I – mean, all the things I just said, man, like, you know, obviously you got Chet coming back. Like that's one of the most anticipated returns, like in the NBA at this point, Shea first team all NBA, obviously people are going to, you know, be looking for how he follows that up. Giddy is in the thick of the MIP race. Like he absolutely is like, you know, he, mm-hmm. I, 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 mean, I don't think they've released any odds yet or anything like that, but like, you know, just like using your eyes, using your brain in basketball, like this is a guy that averaged, I think like 18, or not 18, 16, 16 like seven, seven, six. Six. Yeah. yeah, 16, 7, 6 last year, like, as a 20-year-old, like, that's that's phenomenal. Like, he's poised for a leap. Like, if he has, you know, another uptick in his shooting and, you know, continues that kind of numbers and, you know, the OKC is, you know, closer to 50 than 40 wins this year, like, yeah, he's absolutely in the running for MIP. And, you know, Dub is a guy that, you know, came on at the back half of last year and a lot of people – we're starting to question, could he be rookie of the year over Paolo? And, you know, they're kind of wanting to see how he follows up on that. So uh, I could definitely see us getting more than one. Absolutely deserve it. Um, I think somebody, somebody pointed this out. I'm sorry. I don't have the tweet in front of me, um, but they pointed out that the Cleveland Cavaliers who, you know, in terms of talent and like positioning and like where they are in their conference, uh, you know, kind of similar uh, between, you know, last year's Cavs and this year's Thunder. They had five last year going into the season. So yeah. I think five is a safe bet. I think I could even see us getting flexed into two more. So like seven and all, but like going into the season. Yeah. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to stand in solid solidarity with you. I'm going to say five as well. Awesome. But, yes. Yeah. But the question I want to ask you, Alex, 
And this was something I put in the tweet as well. Bonus. Who are the opponents for those five games? I mean, well, you know, the Spurs are going to definitely be one. Absolutely. Like, Chet Wimby um, is happening. Yeah. So, Spurs won. Um, and to your point about the Minnesota Christmas game and Spurs, I think that game happens early, kind of like the Magic Thunder yeah. game was going to happen. Yeah. And, I mean, the good thing is, you know, they're in the Western Conference and we can possibly – you know, play them up to four times. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can make a show. I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure the first game of that matchup between the Thunder and the Spurs is going to be on national TV. And I'm pretty sure, like, probably two of the other games are going to be on NBA TV. I can almost guarantee that. Um, let's see. Uh, Minnesota, obviously. Um, I think New Orleans. Uh, I think maybe Houston. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe like Houston versus OKC is like Houston's only game um, on national TV, um, nice. and then probably Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is a good bet. We always end up playing them around New Year's Eve. Yeah, exactly. TV New Year's <laughs> Eve game. It would not surprise me. Yeah, I. I, I, I mean, Spurs, obviously, that's a given. Timberwolves, for all the reason I said, like, I feel like they're a budding rivalry. And I, I feel like the national audience kind of thinks we're in similar um, similar positions in terms of, like, where we might finish this year. So I can see them putting us together. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies on there, you know, just because, like, all the reasons we said, like, you know, they are an established rivalry with the Thunder. And even as, you know, it's died down in terms of, like, playoff matchups, like, like you you can tell. Like, you know, they they bring a little bit something extra in those matchups. Like, you know, going back to uh, Poku's rookie year and, you know, Dylan Brooks locked up Shea for, like, a couple of possessions in a row and he started chirping at him and Shea was like, all right, motherfucker, <laughs> let me show you what's up. And he scored, like, 20 straight points on him. Poku hit, like, four threes. Like, I, I remember that matchup, like, specifically because, like, that was one of the first times that I've seen our even-kill superstar, like, you know, bark back. And yeah, he did, absolutely. So, like yeah. – Yeah, that dog in him. He, he – absolutely, he had that dog in him. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that they're a legitimate rivalry. So, I could see them being one. I, I like the Mavericks pick. Um, I think the Pelicans could also be one, you know, just trying to recapture the magic of that uh, first round playing game, you know, with the added mm-hmm. dimensions of Chet Holmgren, with the added dimensions of possibly Zion Williamson. Uh, I mean, that's a really fun game. Um, so those, those are kind of my picks. And then also I'll just kind of throw out the the Lakers. I think that that can still be something. Um, just so want to point gonna, out. Yeah, go ahead. If we're going to do a Cali team, um, this is just me thinking, so last year's startup, you know, versus this year's, you know, startup team. So Sacramento versus OKC. Yeah, no, that absolutely could be one too. And, uh, you know, Sacramento is an electric place to play. So I could see that being in Sacramento as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say the Lakers because, you know, a lot of people kind of forgot about this. But, you know, as petty as it was, LeBron blocked Shea. Like, as as soon as he checked into the All-Star game, and Shea said post-game, he's like, oh, it's crazy. You know, he started playing defense as soon as, you know, as I came in. Like, that was the first defense that was played. He was like, it's all right. I got something for the next time I see him. And they, they didn't get a play again, um, you know, the rest of the season. So, 
We'll, yes, we'll see if he stays in his petty mode, um, you know, coming into the season the next time he matches up with LeBron. Well, I mean, it's funny, you know, when it comes to the Lakers, is you know, we've had a couple moments over the last couple of years against the Lakers. You know, of course, you know, you had the Braun game where, you know, he, he broke the, the scoring record, but we won mm-hmm. um, in the end. Um, you had the I'm him um, game where, you know, Shea hit the hit the bomb from, from the L. Um, you had the gave them an L. Yeah, the shrug game. Um, you had the game where they came back from 26 down in Oklahoma City where Trey Mann, you know, hit the uh, – Hit that dunk on uh, who was it on uh, Wayne Ellington? On, yeah, on Wayne Ellington. So you've had moments over the last couple of seasons that can maybe translate into not necessarily a rivalry, but translate into you know young versus old, upcoming versus you know on top. And I do that in in quotes. <laughs> um, and so uh, you know I think that would be a great game. You know, a great great a great game to have like maybe later in the season. Um, so oh yeah, I would definitely love that. Absolutely, man. But I mean, you know, the the point is like, you know, as we've talked about in many podcasts and you know, and we're talking about now, like the Thunder are back in national prominence. Like, you know, there's a lot of They're in the conversation. Yeah, there's a lot of people talking about them, you know, making the playoffs, not even the play in. There's a lot of people talking about these players making another step. Like we're we're in the crosshairs of like, you know, national media and, you know, these talking heads and you know, kind of like you said, Bache, like, you know, we're, we're going to have to see how we, how we handle the pressure, but man, I'm, I'm excited to see, it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for the world to see OKC and to see what we've been building because, you know, even though, you know, we, we were kind of the up and coming team last year, uh, there still wasn't a lot of eyes on us. You know, like we, like we said, like, I guess four total national television games, if you include the play in, so I still feel like people don't really know what we're about. So I'm excited for the world to learn about it. Most definitely, man. I mean, Summerly, Summerly was the beginning. You know, we got to see people hyping up uh, Chet, people hyping up Ooze, uh, Trey Mann. You know, now we get to see the the players that won awards last year or that were on, you know, award watches. And so this is going to be a fun year. Absolutely, man. Boy, um, we're going to go ahead and sh- cut it, but can't speak. <laughs> Reboot. All right. We're going to go ahead and cut it short tonight. Um, you know, like we said, not a lot to talk about right now. Just trying to get some content out here. I will say next week we are going to have a guest, uh, Alex Hoops, who is Cone's playback co-host and has his own YouTube channel with almost 100,000 subscribers, I believe. And he is also an avid Thunder fan. He's going to come on talk about the Thunder and preview the season, talk a little bit about uh, FIBA play. And then uh, probably next Friday, maybe be looking at some award predictions, maybe some standing projections, kind of looking into the future. And, of course, talking about how Shea bounced back and absolutely dominated the rest of the friendly competitions. But um, definitely keep it here for all your Thunder content going forward. Uh, We're very excited for the season. we got some exciting things planned for you guys. And, uh, yeah. And and I'm I'm excited for the schedule, man. Schedule should be coming out next week sometime. Yes, and, and as soon as that schedule comes out, we will be looking to schedule our fan event. Heck yes, heck yes, that's what I'm I'm excited about right there. Absolutely, we got to run it back. I mean, what, what, let's make it even bigger than la- last year, man. I think we had 85 people last year. Let's get 160 this year. Like, let's double it up. Like, let's, let's double it up. Let's absolutely pack the paycom uh, with topics. And, and, and let's play a real a real podcast um, tournament at Blake Griffin's 
toilet paperless. <laughs> hey, Blake Griffin, freaking stock your bathroom. <laughs> all I got to say, okay? <laughs> but anyways, man. Um, yeah, until next time, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.